0: Welcome to episode 10 of our weekend's Booked. I'm Brielle. And I'm Kate. And this week we discuss Letters to the Lost by Bridget Kemmerer. As always, I'm going to start off giving you guys a little bit of
1: author information from what we could find. It's pretty basic information. Um, She's an American author on the New York Times bestselling list. She writes mostly young adult fiction um, she's written over 20 novels, and what I thought was kind of a cool little fact was that she used to work in finance before becoming a full-time author.
0: She's also um, one of our favorite authors. We did uh, mention her when we did our Best of 2022 episode. We've read several other, of, other books of hers, um, and I was pleasantly surprised by this
1: book. I was, too, considering—so, the genre for this book is just fiction— but I would definitely say the trope was like enemies to lovers. And most of the time we read a lot of fantasy stuff intertwined with that. But this to me was just a basic love story with such tragedy wrapped up into it. But I couldn't stop reading it once I started.
0: Yeah, definitely a tragedy. Um, so one of the main characters is named Juliet Young. And Juliet's mother has passed away kind of tragically in itself, because I think it was like a car accident. Um, and I don't think that they... It was like a hit and run, if I believe correctly. And yeah. they didn't find the actual driver of the other car. So she's kind of conflicted about that. And she also has like an internal struggle because her mother was a photographer, not just, um, you know, your your everyday like run in the mill photographer. She was on the front lines at some pretty like intense like war zones she went to other countries she saw a lot of devastation and captured that devastation so Juliet who's an aspiring photographer herself kind of feels that not only has she now lost her mom she's lost her inspiration you know in photography itself
1: Yeah, I think she mentions, and it's talked about a lot in the book, that
0: she can't even pick up a camera anymore. Yeah, they did discuss, like, um, several of the photos that she, that her mom took. Um, And her mom's name was Zoe Rebecca Thorne. And that was, like, another thing that Juliet um, struggled with was they didn't even have, like, the same last name. So there was, like, nothing connecting them. I think that she she just had like a lot internally going on, which kind of leads to the whole setup for the, the plot of the book is that she writes letters to her mom while she's at her grave site and she actually leaves the letters there. And then one day a letter's answered. Yeah, which leads us to
1: our second main character, Declan Murphy who is a kid that himself has had a lot of tragedy. His um, younger sister died. His father was actually responsible. Then his mom met a few other men, finally married his so stepfather Alan, who you kind of see him struggle with um, throughout the book. And he was so devastated on the day that they got married. He was drinking. Stole his parents car and got into an accident. So. He's now serving community service at the same cemetery where Juliet writes her mom these letters, and one day he's taking care of the grounds, finds the letters, and for whatever reason, decides that it's going to be a good idea to write this person back.
0: Yeah, and um, the exchange goes on for probably months, right, I would say, because throughout the book, um, the seasons change, and that's all described, like, in how sometimes the letters are wet and then when Juliet finds them they'll be like crinkled up because the sun has dried them out and to me that was that imagery was I don't know how to describe it actually it was just like beautiful is not the word I'm looking for but that's the word I'm going to use because the description just like really affected me actually if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like in all of Bridget Kemmerer's books, she has a really good way of vividly describing every situation as it occurs to where it's almost like a movie plays out in your head. Like, you can visualize everything so clearly. And with this book especially, I mean, I'm not going to lie, there was
0: parts where I cried. Yeah, it was. It was very sad. It was, like, tender and it was... It had a lot of teenage emotions, obviously, because these were teenagers. But I think that any any reader of any age range could find some aspect of this book to kind of connect with. Yeah, I mean, because you also have a lot of, um, like,
1: I guess we'll call them supporting characters, right, in this book that also deal with a lot of different struggles. You have Juliet's best friend, Rowan, who, you know, has been like her biggest support. But at the same time, like, I feel like she's kind of a little boy crazy, the way she describes her. Um, And then you have Rev Fletcher, who is Declan's best friend, who himself, you know, has a story within their story about the abuse that he went through as a child into going into foster care until he was finally adopted by the parents that he has now. I felt like there was a lot of different real life situations that she touched on in this book that could really affect anybody if you know if they've been through any scenario of all the tragedies that happened in this book but even though there was so much tragedy at the same time it was like this kind of cool love story between the two main characters that was pretty unexpected because they're such polar opposites
0: yeah and i think the way that she actually played it out so it's not like You know, Juliet and Declan meet and they're, you know, obviously like friends right away or anything like that. Like Juliet is afraid of him when she first sees him at school because he's because of what he went through, like when he like crashed the car, you know, was drunk and crashed the car. Everybody kind of paints him out as like a juvenile delinquent and they've written him off. You know, he has no future ahead of him. And Juliette kind of looks at him and she's kind of like, um, he's crazy and I'm going to stay away from him. But in one exchange that they have, she notices that he looks at her and she kind of sees him in like a different light. Now, remember, she does have that artistic eye because she like is a photographer herself. And I think that that's one of the first spots of the book that the wheels in her head kind of start turning that maybe he's not the person that everybody thinks that he is.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you see, it's funny to me because like you said, like when they're at school, she's interacting with him as him being like this bad boy that everyone's kind of a little bit afraid of because there's so many rumors about what really happened and no one knows like the actual story. So they just believe what they hear, you know, basic high school stuff. And I just think that when you finally see, like you said, when she finally starts to see him for the person he really is, they have this anonymous relationship that neither one of them knows who they are. But then in real life, you start to see the relationship between the two of them develop into a friendship. And then at some point she kind of starts hoping that maybe he is, the dark is what he calls himself in their email exchanges that Declan
0: is him. But I think he figures out first that it's her. Yes. And let's just backtrack for one second. So they do start writing letters first. And then in one of the letters, one of them suggests, why don't we email? So instead of like saying, this is my name, you know, and this is who I am. They make up, um, like, screen names, and they exchange emails like that so that they can talk. So this becomes, like, a form of therapy at this point. You know, not only can Juliet, like, you know, voice all of her frustrations out to Declan, who she doesn't know who it really is, but but he also starts to voice his frustrations of things, like, that are going on in his everyday life to her. And they be, they kind of become, like like a diary, uh, really, you know what I mean? Like they're writing to each other and sometimes it's just short sentences and sometimes it's like hour long um, conversations.
1: Yeah, it just kind of depended on what had happened with them that day. And it is, you're right. It's kind of like a diary or like a therapy for one another because they quickly discover from their first few interactions with each other that they've both been through some
0: horrible things that they can relate with each other on. Another character that was pretty important was Juliet's dad. His name is Charles Young. And when we first are introduced to him, the exchange with him and Juliet is, like, very short. There doesn't seem to be – there's, like, a disconnect between them. And readers are kind of like, okay, well, what's really going on? Does he blame her for something? Does she blame him? I think that in the end, like once you read all the way through, you find out that he's just heartbroken and about his wife's death, about the events leading up to his wife's death and about the way that he views his daughter because she has like given up everything because of, you know, what happened to her mom.
1: Yeah, I mean, you kind of feel like at the beginning of the book that everyone around her kind of treats her like she's a a beautiful, fragile vase, right? Like you bump it and it's just going to break everywhere. And I think that she gets so frustrated with that because, you know, I think she feels like the way that she's grieving should be however she wants it to be and not how everyone around her feels like it should be. I mean, there's one part in the book where her father asks her to come home because he wants to sell her mom's cameras and she completely loses it. And that's yeah. another, I feel like, another scene where you kind of see the distance between her and her father
0: in the first half of the book. Yes, I, I think that the um, the stages of grief are, like, really well played out and portrayed through Juliet. And you kind of see her go through each one of them. And I think at, like, for the, the majority of the book, she's kind of just stuck in that, like, anger stage where she's, like, angry at everybody and she, like, goes off at the drop of a hat and everybody is, like you said, like, walking on eggshells around her.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean,
0: and you feel for
1: this girl, right? I mean, she's in high school and she's lost her mother, which, I mean, I'm 36 years old and I can't even imagine how I would feel at this age losing my mother. And having, you know, her mom be basically the reason why she you know, loves photography and that kind of stuff. It just, it just like broke my heart, the whole thing.
0: Yeah, it did. I have this word on my little note and it says heart-wrenching. And that's exactly what it was. Like it, it just pulled at your heartstrings, but in a good way. Like you wanted to keep reading it. You wanted to see if these characters got to a resolution because, you know, you're trying to get Juliet through, all her grief and you're trying to get Declan to a point where he kind of like reclaims his life because he is kind of feeding into all the negativity that he hears around him. And he's kind of like, okay, they think I'm a a delinquent, then I'll show them that I am a delinquent. I mean, but
1: I don't blame him. Right. Because somebody can only tell you you're something for so long before you're like, all right, you know what? I guess I am. If that's what you want, that's who I'll be. And his parents, like, his mom and his stepfather don't
0: really help that. Like, they treat him like he's a hardened criminal. Yeah, his mom actually, like, she kind of, like, has just shut herself out of his life, it seems like. And there are points, very, like, heartbreaking points in the book where he is, like, begging, even without words, you know, just, like, silently begging her to just ask me how my day was, you know, ask me how I did on my test, anything. And she just is like completely shut off.
1: Yeah. And his stepfather is like the complete opposite. He's completely overbearing, you know, treats him like he's scum on the bottom of his shoe. I mean, you you feel like at one point that the stepfather would just kind of wish that Declan would just go away.
0: Yeah, and at one point, you know, Declan does kind of decide, like, okay, you guys don't want me here. I'm going to go stay with Rev, who's, you know, his best friend. And Rev's family, they actually, Rev is not their biological child. He um, came to them through foster care, and they adopted him. So they know how, you know, foster children can be. They know how to handle them and he wants to go stay with him, and Rev's parents are kind of like, maybe you should talk it out with them before you make this decision. There's just so many different like, like subplots that are going on, and it, it even though there were so many, it was not hard to follow. I do want to like make that clear. Like this was very easy flowing book. You know, went together perfectly, but there was a lot going on in it.
1: Yeah, I don't think that there was any parts of this book that felt like the pace slowed at all.
0: No, I think I read this in two days. I think it was two days, but I could have probably finished it in one day, but I had to like make myself go to bed that night.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I was too. It was once you started it and got into like the meat of the book, you didn't you didn't want to stop reading it. You had to know what was going to happen. Cause there was it's always something going on behind every like little corner with one of the characters.
0: Yeah, even um there was another character who his name was Ian. And at first you think Ian is kind of irrelevant. He was Juliet's mom's editor. But yeah. oh. <laughs> you find out that he is very relevant to the story.
1: Yeah, I mean, we really don't want to give you guys too much of that that part of the story because I feel like it's really important to the ending of the book. But just if you, if you read this book, which I hope that anyone listening does, because it is a work of art by Bridget Kemmerer, which I love her, so I wasn't surprised at all. Um, he is a huge part of the story.
0: A lot of these characters could have, like, had their own like their own like spinoff books and I know that Rev actually does um we're gonna read that book in the near future but some of the other ones could have like I wanted the backstory like I I actually wanted the backstory on Juliet's mom like how did she get into that field of work yeah I mean because that's not I don't feel like that's an easy
1: job to have right because You're in all these war zones where all these horrible things are going on. You're seeing young kids die, mothers die, the soldiers die, and you're just taking photos of all of it. It has to be, like, really difficult to
0: do that. And there's one photo that they describe in the book. I know what you're talking about. And I think that, for me personally, when they talk about that photo, because Juliet and Declan actually, like, have a discussion about it. And they actually have opposing views about the particular person in the photo. She thinks that this is a bad guy and he thinks that this is not the bad guy, that the people shooting at him are the bad guys. So that's interesting to kind of, you know, see how like the teenage mind works. But for me, um, when I was in my freshman year of college, I was in a sociology class and we had to do some kind of project where we were given different pictures and we had to, you know, write whatever about the pictures. Well, I chose one, it was from 1985. It was taken by Frank Fernier, and it it's entitled Omira Sanchez. It it's actually a photo of a little girl. There was a a volcano had erupted in Colombia that caused a landslide. And the little girl, Omira, was trapped. And the picture, I can still see it, like, clear as day, is, like, it's scary, it's haunting. She's trapped in the mud, and people are taking photographs of her, and I was so angered by it, because I was like, why didn't they just help her? Yeah. Now, fast forward, I know now, because I do have a medical background, that it's not that easy just to pull somebody out of the mud. There's a lot of factors, you know, that come into play. but. I personally just connected with that part of the book because I immediately like flashed back to that picture and, I, and thought about like how deeply it affected me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that when we were talking about this episode, you actually showed me that picture. And the first, the first thought I had was exactly what you said. Like, why wouldn't they just pull her out of the mud? And then as you, and I sat there and like talked about it and you know, you, uh, you get the reasoning as to why, but the photo itself, you're right, the best word to use is haunting because it's this little girl and you just can't understand why they can't help her. And it's just it like rips your heart out of your chest.
0: Yeah, and that and that's exactly what um Juliet's mother's photos did for people that viewed them. So that was like a nice connection there. Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of cool when
1: you know, as a kid, you see your parents like, you know, if your dad's a doctor, your mom's a doctor or a lawyer or firefighter or whatever, and you grow up wanting to be that same thing. So to see the, the kind of work that her mom did actually, I don't want to say made a difference, but I think that it did because then people were able to see exactly what was going on in those areas that you're not going to see on the news and things like that.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why... For Juliet, she was, like, obviously, we know any death will devastate you, but that was not only her mother, that was, like, her hero, right? And here she is, she's gone. She can not only never ask her, like, anything that she would ask her as, like, mother-daughter issues, but she can't ask her things like, you know, how did you, how do you take the photo in this light or, you know, how do you get this shot or anything like that. So her world was just, like, completely shattered, right? I mean, and what I what I liked was that
1: um, her photography teacher, because they're seniors in the book, right? So her 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 photography teacher almost kind of wouldn't let her give up her love for photography even after her mother passed and she kind of put it away. He was always kind of coming up to her in the halls, asking her questions, asked her to take photos at this festival that they have at school. Like he was constantly kind of being that little voice in the back of her head, almost like, don't give up what you love. He gets her to actually, you know, take photo and lets him use like his, was it a Lycan camera? I think one of those really nice expensive ones in the book (laughs) and all, you know, it's, it's a huge honor if he lets you use this camera. And so he was going to let her take photos at this festival with this camera. And at first, you know, she doesn't want to do it because she doesn't know if she can take photos again but then I think her best friend talks her into it and
0: she ends up being really happy that she did it. Yes and one of her focus points was none other than Declan and Rev.
1: Which they ended up wanting to use for the wraparound of the yearbook which was kind of cool I mean but that kind of ties into you know her having to talk to Declan again because when she's taking a, the picture of them at this the school function, you know, Declan gets really upset and he's like telling her she needs to delete it and, you know, gets pretty pretty ornery about the whole thing, which we find out later actually has nothing to do with him, that it's about his best friend because of, you know, the abuse that he suffered in the past. So that's another one of those points that kind of chips away at this bad boy label that Declan
0: has to where you kind of start to see him as more than that. Yeah, because inside he's like very sensitive. You know, he does care about what other people think about him. And he does seek the approval of not only his mom, but of his stepfather. You know, he puts on this like hard outer exterior, but he's not really like that. And I think that the only person that he can, you know, take that facade away for is Juliet. And it's super sad because the whole time he's actually kind of like lying to her because he's not being honest and telling her who he really is when he's emailing her back and forth.
1: And I mean, and she doesn't know either, but like we were saying earlier, he figures out that it's her and still doesn't tell her that it's him. So it's kind of, I had a little bit of an issue with that portion of it because I was like, okay, it's no longer anonymous now. like. You shouldn't be deceitful towards her. Like, let her know that you know that she's the person that he's been talking to.
0: But I think in his mind, he thought that if he told her, it would be over. You know, she would realize, she would probably figure out a way to twist it to where he, you know, manipulated the situation or or some crazy teenage girl stuff. And he was going to lose her. And he really doesn't have anybody else besides Rev. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I guess I can see that
1: point, but I feel like at the same time, at at that point in the book, even their face to face relationship had changed so much. I don't think that she would have stopped talking to him at that point.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I have a teenager.
1: (laughs) This is true. This is
0: true. They're crazy. They're irrational. You never know what's going to happen or what's going to set them off. But, but I, I do see where you're coming from. Like, he probably should have told her. But I, I think just for fear that he would lose her, he just decided not to. Or kind of waited for the right time. But then it seemed like every time when he was about to do it, something else would happen. Like, I don't know if we want to get into it, but... Juliet finds out that her mother's death was not exactly as innocent as she thought it was.
1: And if you want to know more, you're going to have to go buy the book. <laughs> okay, I was
0: hoping you say that. I <laughs> no, didn't know how I feel like you wanted to give them. <laughs> I feel like
1: we're going to, we have to save that little piece because I feel like when they find, when she finds out what really transpired there is when everything kind of comes to a head. So I feel like that's Im- important that if you guys love what we're saying to you that you read this book because I'm telling you it is definitely worth it
0: it really is I was I mean obviously because it was by Bridget I was like okay like I want to read it obviously I'll read anything by her but I didn't have like as high expectations of it as when we finished it and I was like oh my god this was beautiful this was one of the best books that i've ever read like i went through all the emotions with the characters i even cried a little bit (laughs) and i don't usually do that i also gave it five stars which is not something that i do all the time i am kind of in love with this book if you can be in love with inanimate objects i mean there's shows on tlc that say you
1: can be (laughs) But, but no, I totally agree. You know, I love Bridget. I actually got to meet her, which I talked about in one of our last podcasts. And like, she's just an amazing person. She's so, so kind. And, you know, it was it was cool to be able to put a face behind, you know, the name or the pictures that they put in the dust jackets on these books and actually see the actual person and get to talk to them. And, you know, so that was like a really cool experience. But I, I was a little apprehensive about this book because it's... Totally out of what we would typically read, um, but and it's one of her older books, I believe, that they're kind of trying to re-put out into the world. So I'm so glad that we picked it up. I'm glad that we picked it from our TBR cup because it was a newer book that we had just put in there. So I wasn't expecting to get to to it so soon, but I'm glad that we did because yeah, it was definitely it put me right in my feels. Everything.
0: Yes, and because we read this. We put the other book that goes with it, More Than We Can Tell. Is that right? Yeah, More Than We Can Tell.
1: It's okay. a, I believe it's the
0: sequel to this. Yeah, I think it's more about Rev than it is about Declan and Juliet. But once you read this book, you'll know that you have to read that book because Rev is a very interesting, deep character in himself. Yeah, I'm really I hope that we're right about this and that
1: the book is geared towards like his backstory because I'm I really am intrigued by it because this poor kid, you know, has been through so much and holds himself together so well from the little bit that they give us in this book.
0: Yeah, in this book, he's kind of like Declan's conscience, right?
1: Like, yeah, I think that's the best way to put it.
0: Yeah. Or is his little Jiminy Cricket. There you go. <laughs>
1: <Jiminy> Cricket. <laughs>
0: always have to throw in a little fairy tale in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's always trying to keep him from doing something that he's going to regret. And I mean, as you, as someone's best friend, that's what you do. So yeah. I'm interested to read the next book and find out more about his story. And I mean, I just love anything that she writes. I know I've said that like five times, but I have yet to pick up a book of hers that I was like. Not happy with or didn't feel like reading, or you know, wanted to put down. So, I'm not surprised that we love this book so much.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I have not been disappointed by anything that she's written, not even like to where I was like, Oh, this could have been different, or that could have been different, or it you know, it started to drag at this point. Not once did any of those things ever cross my mind or ever come out of my mouth. Nope. So, so if you If you want to check out more from Bridget Kemmerer, you can follow her on Instagram. Um, It's just at Bridget Kemmerer, and it's K-E-M-M-E-R-E-R. It's a mouthful. You can also go on www.bridgetkemmerer.com to follow her there. Check out what else she has. We highly recommend her.
1: Well, that wraps up episode 10 of our Weekends Booked. If you guys enjoyed, please give us a rating on whatever podcast outlet you listen to and share with your friends. Again, I'm Kate. And I'm Brielle. Until next time.